Thank you, worship team. Appreciate that very, very much. May that be, uh, may that be the heart cry of all of us. It's what we need. So we come now to the end of the series we've been in, Family Foundations. We've covered a lot of ground through this series, and um, as we said the whole time, it's, it's picturing putting together a building, and just like any building that you build, any structure, no matter what it is, you have to start with the foundation, and it needs to be solid, it needs to be strong, and there's typically four corners of the foundation. So the first week, we, we looked at spiritual disciplines. And we covered the important areas such as praying together as a family, spending time in the Word together as a family, worshiping together and serving together. And then we looked at the very important aspect of the kind of father that our families need, how to be the the father, the leader, the head of that home, and also how that stretches out to really any parenting role that's in a home, what God would have us to be and what our families need. We said that ultimately what our families need is Moms, dads that show our kids the father, that represent him. Then we looked at communication and how important it is to understand that not just what we say is important, although that is, but how we say it is also important, and to have that balance there. And now today we come to the end, and we want to talk about the importance of family evangelism. Family evangelism. And what I mean by family evangelism, because, you know, we're, we're used to evangelism by itself. We're, we, we talk about church evangelism or individual evangelism. There's not a whole lot, if anything, said about family evangelism. And uh, so let me just share with you what I mean by that. And uh, hopefully you had an insert in your bulletin when you came in. Family evangelism means that families should share in sharing their faith. Families should share in sharing their faith. You know, we're, we're familiar with, I think, the Great Commission. A lot of us are, most of us are, the Great Commission that Jesus gave to not just his original disciples before he went back to the Father, but any of his disciples, anyone that would follow him, anyone who would be named his disciple, which is you and me today, if we have placed our faith and trust in Christ, if we are in Christ, we too are his disciples. Amen, right? So therefore, the Great Commission applies to us just as much as it did the original ones. So in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus himself said this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Like I said, we're familiar with that. We read that. We know that. We know the importance of it. Um, but what I want to suggest to you is that this command is by no means limited to just individual believers. Certainly the individual believer is responsible for the Great Commission. Certainly the church as a whole is responsible for fulfilling and carrying out and being faithful to this Great Commission to, to go and to make disciples, to teach and, and ground people in the truth of the gospel, to reproduce. That's on me, and that's on you, and that's on us as a church. But I don't think we spend a lot of time, again, maybe if, if any, thinking about how this applies to the family concept, or to the family dynamic. How, how does the family together carry out the Great Commission? Is that even possible? I want to say yes, it absolutely is. And I, I also want to go further and say that it will make even more of an impact and it will be even more beautiful 
of a fulfillment of the Great Commission if families do this together rather than mom over here doing it and dad over here doing it or just mom and dad together. Rather, if we would instill in our family, in our children and grandparents, in your grandchildren, uncles and your nephews and nieces, if we would instill this concept of taking the Great Commission out, being obedient to it, actually fulfilling it, if we would instill that into the family level, I really believe our efforts would be even greater multiplied, greatly multiplied. And I think it will, it will be so much sweeter to share in this as a family. So it's not limited to mom or dad by themselves. Well, how do we do this? That's the big question, right? So, I mean, we understand that, that families should share in sharing their faith, that that should be a family endeavor, a family activity. But how do we go about it? How does anybody, for that matter, go about actually carrying out the Great Commission. How do we do it? We're, we know we're supposed to share our faith. We know we're supposed to witness, right? That's kind of the category we put all that under, evangelize. But how? How should we do it? Well, there's a couple things. First, with words and action. With words and action. You probably have heard the phrase, the statement along, uh, along the way somewhere, preach always, and if necessary, use, what's the last part? Words. Preach always and if necessary use words. And that's half right. (laughs) It's half right. It's somewhat true. Yes, we do need to have lifestyle evangelism. We need to live our lives consistently in such a way that people know exactly what the difference in our life is, that our lives shine out a, a bright light of the truth and love of Christ, that our lives are living testimonies of the gospel. That's true. But if we only pursue that kind of, of mode, we're missing out on the other part that is necessary and we'll only be kind of halfway obeying because we still have to speak the truth of the gospel. We have to open our mouths also. So it's really both. It is preaching. That is necessary to use words. But it's also necessary to let your life continue that message. You with me on that? So with words and action, that's the first part. But then also... Uh, kind of worded a different way, but, but taking it even deeper, unpacking that a little bit more, through conversation and connection. Through conversation and connection. So, so how do we share our faith? Through words and action, through conversation and connection. And by connection, what I mean is relationship building. By actually getting into one another's lives. It's investing in in someone else's life. And to do that, church, we've got to step outside of our own safety net. We've got to step outside of our own kingdom of comfort that we so easily build up, you know, and that we love. You know, like 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 what we do, especially as parents, and, and I'm I'm just as as uh, guilty of this as anyone else. In the terms of our family, since we're talking about families and family foundations, what we like to do is we like to build up these castles around our families, around our children. We like to build up these fortresses that we are so careful to guard against anything or anyone that is in any way questionable or or might cause some thought-provoking things to happen. We want to just shelter, shelter, shelter. And I get it. 
And to a certain extent, parents, we are responsible to protect our children. Please, please hear me. I'm not saying don't protect your children. I'm not saying that some sheltering is not absolutely necessary, and even more so as we continue on in wickedness around our world. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is we, we can take it too far. We can take it too far. And we can get so scared as parents of who might possibly influence our children that we forget that if our children know Christ, we should be training and cultivating them to influence others. Right? Instead of being so afraid of our kids being influenced, let's turn our kids into great influencers. But to do that, we've got to let the drawbridge down a little bit. We've got to be willing to let the drawbridge down out of our castle. We've got to be willing to drain the moat <laughs> that we keep up so much of the time that no one else can get, in, get over and get across into. And is, does that mean that there's some risk? Absolutely. Whenever we deal with people, there's risk involved. Does it mean it might be messy? Guarantee it. Dealing with other people in life is going to be messy. There's going to be bumps and bruises. There's going to be scrapes. There's going to be hard conversations that we have to have. There's going to be a a greater need for training and for correcting. But that's our job anyways, parents, church. So it's it's about utilizing the leverage of the gospel in our home. And, and that's really what it comes down to. It's the gospel in our home. That's where it starts. So what that means is you, mom and dad, and, and me, and my wife, and, and any of you who have direct influence over children in your life, it means that you're very intentional and very consistent that your home is a home of the gospel, that the gospel saturates and permeates everything in your home from what you watch on television, what you don't, what you read, what you don't, what you listen to, what you don't, the conversations you have. It means viewing everything in your family's life through the lens of the gospel. What, what does the gospel have to say about this? What bearing does the gospel have in this situation? How should we view this through the gospel? And it's training and it's cultivating and it's living it out as an example. Day in, day out, moment in, moment out. That's where it starts. It starts in your own home. Letting the gospel be paramount. Letting the gospel be what reinforces everything. Discipline and correction and conversation permeates it all. So that your children, along with you mom and dad, truly love and live out the gospel. That it's the anchored in their lives. And if that's true and that's happening and that's growing, then we don't need to fear to go out. Because if the root and the anchor is our gospel, is the gospel, if that's what anchors our lives, then it's going to keep us Firm and it's going to keep us strong and it's going to give us the right perspective as we relate to other people. So it starts in the home, but it can't stay there. As you're building that foundation and that the foundation is the gospel in your home, you take that foundation and you go out with it. And you invite other people into your life. And you go out into other communities and you, you invest And you devote yourself and you make yourself open and vulnerable to other people to come in. And and you get into their lives and and you you take down the pretenses. And you you don't try to let everybody have this illusion that everything's just perfect in your life. Because it's not and you know that. And there's no reason to act like that. They're not impressed by some sense of perfection, some faulty, phony perfection. That's not going to impress anyone out there. Because they know that's not the case. 
It's about saying, you know what, I have struggles just like you do. I have pressures just like you do. I have stress. I, I fail all the time. I'm not perfect. I'm not even as nearly as consistent as I should be. I lose my cool with my kids. You know, we have, we have arguments in our, in our uh, marriage just like you do. But here's the difference. We don't stay there. We have the ability... To say I'm sorry and to to repent and to move on. And we have the ability to choose not to pursue anger and not to pursue selfishness and not to pursue lust. How do you do that? It's Jesus Christ. You're, You're able to invite them in not to see a perfect life, but to see a rescued life. Not to see things that you can do on your own and how well you have this parenting thing down, but to show them that by grace and empowerment of the Spirit of God, that's how you're able to keep going forward. And that's attractive. Because that's different. And it's real. And it's nothing that they can find anywhere else except Jesus Christ. And where else are they going to find it if not you? So, with words and action through conversation and connection, which means relationships and investing in other people's lives, not being afraid to do that, looking at your neighbors and inviting them in and, 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 and building that trust and that relationship, looking at areas of, of other influence. Think about the, the schools that your kids go to. You know, Some of you uh, have kids in the public school environment. Wow, what a great mission field. Sure, you've got to be careful. Sure, you've got to be guarded. But again, how about let's shift our perspective and our thinking instead of being so scared of our kids being influenced that we don't let them interact and contact anyone else and don't let them connect with anyone. How about we train them and cultivate them to be the influencers and as they're connecting with their their fellow classmates and friends, let's connect with the parents of those students. Let's invite them in. Let's be open. You know, there's another great opportunity coming up right around the corner, very specific Wide open for, for impact and influence. It's called the Day of Hope. It's August 14th, where all of the community and surrounding communities come in to, to over, over by the armory, and they get, they get haircuts, and they get health screenings, and they get shoes, and they get groceries, and they hear the gospel. They get uh, a carnival atmosphere that has the gospel permeating everything. What a great opportunity for whole families to get involved in that and to do the sharing in the sharing of their faith. And that's just one example. I want to give you something very practical to look at. I want, I want you to see just how easy this can be. We, we make the sharing of our faith too complicated. We allow ourselves to get too scared, too caught up in the technical part of it. It does not have to be, and it should not be, anything difficult. It, 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 it should be so simple. And so I want to show you just a, a few examples of how easy this can be. And again, this is not the end of it, all right? What I'm showing you, what I'm about to show you, all these specific practical ways or these strategies of, of sharing your faith, these are just getting through the door, okay? This is just the start. These are like the conversation starters. What's going to have to happen after these tools are used is the relationship development, the investment, the interpersonal relationships, the community that's established, okay? Just so, just so you understand, what I'm showing you is not the end all. This is just the starting point, all right? With that said, I'd love to have my two girls come up and John Paul come up too. John Paul um, has been instrumental and really the architect behind the uh, Gospel Callers Carabiner. And I don't even know, is, that's probably way too long, right? It's probably 
carabiner. Okay, and you can stand up here, by okay. the way. Uh, it's just carabiner, and it has... You guys remember the wordless books? Who remembers those? A lot of people, probably. It's the same concept. It's, it's colors that still represent things that you would find in the wordless book, and it still has certain catchphrases there. Um, but it, it's, it's just a really unique way of doing it. It's, it's very simple, and um, it's very effective. John Paul has seen that. I, I think it's impacted now thousands, right, around the world now. It's up to that figure. Yeah, I think we're in uh, seven different countries okay. in Spanish and English. So he's going to tell you a little bit about it, and he's going to demonstrate with the help of the, his lovely assistants um, just how easy... Yeah. You can tell whose kid she is, can't you? Yeah. You can, you can see just how easy and simple and straightforward this really can be, okay? Yeah, oh. guys. Okay. Yeah, guys, as we were saying, we uh, took the wordless book and had a crazy idea and we put words on it. <laughs> that way, when we hand them out and kids go home, they'll be able to continue to look at them and won't have the problem with trying to remember what a collar meant or something along those lines. And also another great part about these carabiners is it not only has what the collars mean, but also has Bible verses on the back. That way a kid, regardless of their age, can take one of these carabiners, have the gospel shared with them, and even if they don't accept the gospel at that immediate moment, can take these home, because, I mean, it's a carabiner. Everybody loves carabiners. They'll put them on their backpacks or belt loops. They'll be able to take it home and go back and look at it on another day and still be able to walk themselves through the gospel. And there's also a website on the back that will lead you through the gospel and has options for different devotionals and things like that. But to show you guys how easy this is, I'm actually going to ask them to share it with me. Just for an example to see even a young child can understand the gospel thoroughly and completely enough to be able to share it with someone almost twice their age. Jesus is my best friend, and I would like him to be yours, too. Gold stands for God, who is in heaven. God is our creator. He loves us, and he is holy. There is one thing that is not allowed in heaven, and that's sin. There's a verse that goes along with that, too. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Black stands for sin, and sin is when man is separated from God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans six twenty three. Red reminds me of Christ, who gave His perfect holy blood. He gave His blood by being executed on the cross. There's a verse that goes along with that. First Corinthians fifteen three through four. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Light stands for Jesus, who is perfect, and it's as easy as A, B, C, A. Admit that you're a sinner. Uh, B, believe in Jesus. 
A-N-C. Commit. Confess that you're a sinner. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1, 12. I will never leave thee. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. The, he, the Lord is my help. Green reminds me of faith. Faith is when you believe in Christ without even seeing him. I would like a relationship with Christ where it just grows and grows. G stands for going to church. R stands for reading your Bible. O stands for obeying your parents in Christ. W stands for witnessing. There's a verse that goes along with that too. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 Jesus is my best friend, and I would like him to be yours, too. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. And yeah, guys, I mean, it's as simple as that. And the, one of the great things about the carabiner is, you know, when you go to share the gospel with somebody, there's a lot of fears or doubts that tend to come up. Uh, one of the first things is people are like, well, I don't know the gospel well enough, or I don't know scripture that goes along with the gospel. And one of the great things about this is you don't have to know all of these verses by memory because they are on the back of each of these key tags, and it helps you follow along with it. And also, you know, one of the big things people worry about sharing the gospel is they're scared to, or they just don't know how. And the thing about the carabiner is it enables you to share the gospel. You don't have to have it completely memorized or, you know, if you get a little nervous and you lose your spot halfway through it, it's okay because you can just look back down to it. Now, this carabiner in itself is nothing. The only thing that makes this special or important is that it is the gospel. And it is the gospel that does the work in the hearts of men. Hmm. So whenever you guys get the chance, you know, check out the carabiner. I don't know if you're going to give them a way to get one or not, but... I think at the Day of Hope, there mm-hmm. actually were Faith Baptists bringing carabiners to hand out. So check these out. You can get them at CEF. And also, I mean, if you use the carabiner or not, just make sure you make a point to share the gospel because it is our duty as Christians mm. is to carry on the Great Commission. And we should have a heart full of love and care enough about other people to want to give them the same hope that we have. Thank mm. you. Thanks. Yeah, so, so that's, just, that's just one way, one very practical way of, of starting that gospel conversation, you know, that you then build from. Uh, another couple practical things, really quick. You got one of these when you came in. You should have, uh, when you got the, uh, the bulletin at the front. These are door hangers, and on the, the top, you'll see it has a brief explanation of the gospel. Simple, straightforward, to the point. John 3.16 says, I love you, God, because, again, that's how much he loves us, that he, he let Jesus come to the cross for us. Then at, below that, there's just some information about our church. There's the address. There's my name, my email. There's the church phone, website. Tells you to find us on Facebook. Then below that, there's a little line that says, if you have questions or you need a ride, contact me. And that's where you can put your name 
and number. And then there's the service times and some of our key ministries listed at the bottom. So simple. So straightforward. And what this is for, it's twofold. It's really the idea behind this is that we as families would go around our neighborhoods and our communities and actually hand these out. When we were at LifePoint with our church plant, we did this. Uh, we canvassed an entire neighborhood a couple different times and had a great, great time. We were able to talk to people that were already home. And, uh, and when you do that, obviously you don't hang it on their door. You, know? you don't say, excuse me, I just need to leave this on your door. Bye. No, you, you stop and you actually hand it to them and you talk to them a little bit and you engage them. If they're not home, you simply put it on their door. And all of us, just, just about all of us, have neighbors and neighborhoods and people that we've already talked to and we know that could greatly benefit from something as simple as this. So this is just another way. So you have these when you, when you came in, you got those. Please make use of them. Go ahead and, and form a strategy of how you're going to, to carry this out as a family, and the key is family. Do it together, because we all know this, parents. Our kids are able to talk to people much easier and better than even we are. And people are more willing to engage with children than they are us a lot of times. So it's just, I mean, your kids are a great, great resource that God has given you, uh, especially as we pour into them the, the truth of the gospel. We'll be having more of these available. Please make use of them. They're yours to, to do that with. And then finally, another tool, and that's all these are. These are just tools, not ends in and of themselves. This is a blessing bag. And uh, this was actually something, this is not original with us. You can actually find this on, on Pinterest. Of course you can, right? You can find everything on Pinterest. But um, this is a blessing bag. And uh, this is meant to hand out to the many people we see on the road by the interstates and by the roads that are there begging and, you know, and, and peddling and that kind of thing and homeless people. This is very simple. It's got a bottle of water. It's got some snacks. It's got hand sanitizer. Um, and it's got the carabiner that you just saw in it. Then there's also just a little note that we, we put together that says, You matter. You matter. Here are a few things to brighten your day. I just want you to know that I care and that you matter to God. I'm praying for you. Love, and then you put your name. And you, you tell them you're going you're to be praying for them. You can put a few dollars cash if you want in here. You can be creative. You can make it your own. But this is a good starting point. This is a good starting point. This actually, I have to brag on my daughters a little bit. This was actually Addison that said, hey, could we do this? Could we put together a blessing bag? And we said, Sure. And uh, within a couple days, they handed out their first one. They were so excited. We've uh, they've handed out a few more since then, or at least one or two more maybe. Uh, but we keep these in our cars so that you have them ready. You know, you just keep them in a bag in your car. And as you're going around, and we see all kinds of people around here, right, that, that fit into this category, you just stop and you hand it to them. You tell them you're praying for them. You get back in the car and you go, and you, you trust that God will use this as a blessing. Um, on the welcome desk... In addition to the sign-up sheet for the dessert time on the 31st, um, there is also uh, a sign-up sheet for the same day out there for two things. One, it's a list of of needed items to put these together that we would love to have you donate to. There's a sign-up sheet for you to do that to to say, yes, I will will donate the supplies to make these bags. But then there's also a sign-up sheet next to it for you to come and participate in actually putting them together. We would love to have you come and do that together as a church. So at 5 p.m. on July 31st here at the church, we're going to have a time where we actually are putting these together. 
And we'd love to have as many of you to come as would like to do that, but we do need a sign-up sheet to know how many we're going to have. So that's out there at the welcome desk. We'd love to do that with you. Very simple, and yet something that God will use, okay? So practical, practical tools in sharing in the sharing of your faith as families. Why is that so important to do? Well, it's because children are far more likely to consistently own personally and share their faith when they have parents that consistently do the same. You guys agree with that? That children are far more likely to consistently own and share their faith when they have parents that consistently do the same. And that, that's a challenge to me as well. Okay? Um, how I know that's true is because Scripture conveys the importance of that and gives us examples of that. In Joshua twenty four fifteen, Joshua says this, But if it doesn't please you to worship Yahweh, choose for yourselves today the one you will worship, the gods your fathers worshipped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Then he says, basically though, I don't, I don't really at the end of the day care so much what you do as much as what I determine for our family. I care, but you know, no matter what you do, I'm going to stand strong. He says this, as for me and my family, regardless of what you decide, as for me and my family, we will worship Yahweh. He planted his flag. He said, this is, this is what we will do. This is what we will be known for. I am establishing for my family an example of commitment and trust and loyalty to the God of heaven. And, cho- and parents, when, when the children see you stand your ground amidst all of the options and all the attacks out there in the world, when they see that you, mom and dad, own your faith, that it's important to you, and they see you live that out, they're going to be so much more likely to do the same. And then in 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul is talking to his, his protege, Timothy, and he says something very powerful about, about this, about pouring into your children's lives, about them seeing faith in you first. Not that they ride on the coattails of your faith, but that they see your faith and the difference it makes, which in turn then causes them to want to own the same. Clearly recalling your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois, then in your mother Eunice, and that I am convinced is in you also. Do you see the pattern there? See, it started with, in this case, the grandmother, and then that was passed on to the mother, and the mother and grandmother together passed it on to Timothy, and we know that Timothy was mightily used of God in the early church. And the same can be true of all of us. So the question you really have to ask yourself is, first, do I own my faith? Do I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he my Savior and Lord? That's where you start. If the answer is yes, what am I doing to demonstrate that and live that out to my children? What am I doing to, to show that to my kids? What, is my, what are my kids seeing in me that matches what I say I believe? And what it all comes down to is this. Families should share in sharing their faith. Families should share in sharing their faith. We've covered a lot of ground in this series. This is the last part of the foundation that I've shared with you. By no means is this exhaustive. But I do believe that these four areas we've covered, spiritual disciplines, kind of father your family needs, communication, and now family evangelism, I do believe these four areas are absolutely essential, church, for the building, the establishing, and the maintaining of a godly firm home that will stand strong no matter what the weather of the world may be that comes against us. No matter what we face by attack, 
no matter what we are, are tempted to compromise in, no matter what may come against us as families, if our foundation is built and, and firm in these areas, it will stand no matter what comes against it. I hope you'll join me in that. And with that in mind, I'd like to have everybody bow their heads, close their eyes, please. You know, over the last four weeks of this message series, maybe, and I'm hopeful, and I've been praying, that the Spirit of God has spoken to some of you in very specific ways. I'm sure He has. About areas of your own family that you need to kind of beef up the foundation supports. Areas of your family's foundation that might be lacking that needs work. Or areas of your family's foundation that you've not even built. And through this series, through the word of God that's been communicated, maybe just maybe the Holy Spirit has revealed something very specific to you as a dad or as a mom or as both, as a grandfather, as an uncle and aunt. Maybe he's convicted you that some of these areas are very lacking in your home and in your family, and you know that. And he's calling you to covenant with him to start now or to restart now, as the case may be. All that to say... I want to invite you to take this, these last couple minutes that we're together today and actually do something that we don't do a lot of anymore. And that's actually make some action to what you have been feeling or hearing the Spirit say to your mind and heart. And actually get out of your seat wherever you are if you need to and would like to do this to come down front. We have a large, wide area of steps here that are perfect to use as your own personal meeting place with the Lord and even use it as an altar that you lay down things that maybe you need to sacrifice that are in the way of God using you to be this kind of family. Maybe things that are in the way of of establishing the home that is needed. Whatever you need to do in interacting with what God has been saying to you as a result of these messages, please do it. Come down and pray on your own. If you want me to pray with you, I'm available. I'm going to be down here too because I need to also confess on some things and have the Holy Spirit do a work in some areas. So I'll be down here even if nobody else is. I'd love for you to join me. Let's just spend some time with the Lord as needed right now.